A quick message before we start. Lloyd Kaufman is going to be at the Starburst International Film Festival on Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th of March at the Landing in Salford here in the UK. The Starburst Film Festival is a great festival. There is a review of a past event that I went to on our website. Have a read. I met Caroline Munro there. It was amazing. Not just for the fact that I met Caroline Munro. The whole event is really, really good and I would urge anybody to go to it. Tickets are still on sale, hopefully if you're in the UK or maybe you're out of the UK and you're going to fly across for it and you hear this in time and that you can visit. Myself and Tina are going to be there on the Saturday so we're looking forward to meeting Lloyd it'll be an absolute pleasure to meet him in the flesh I'm sure I'll have to hold Tina back from him because she loves Lloyd we all love Lloyd right thank you for listening to this maybe see you at the Starburst Film Festival on the Saturday on with the show Hello and thank you for listening to episode 153 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the very first of our remastered interview shows. Oh my word, Tom, we're going back in time. We are way back. Uh, way back the time machine. We're going back. Actually, this first one, people would have seen already, hopefully, from the website, or just by looking at their MP3 device of choice, that it's <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman. Um, this show, mate, can you believe, was released in February 2013. Good grief. Six years ago. Six years? We're here in February 2019, and it was six years ago. Incredible, eh? That's, that's scary. Yeah, it is scary, isn't it? And we've said before, haven't we, you know, we did, I think we did like 50 interview shows. Yes. But this was the one that sort of kicked off a whole load of yeah, other people. Like they were intermittent mm-hmm. at best like like patchy one here one there and then when after the after this one the, the floodgates opened they did uh, we did we got to talk to some amazing people didn't we holy hell oh god yeah yeah and, you'll, and i'm sure you'll hear some of them as we, we we remaster these ones that are coming out but yeah good yeah this was the one this was the one we were looking forward to it so much <laughs> and he didn't let us down by a long chalk, that's for I sure. I remember sitting in this very room. It can't have been long after I um, moved to this house. Back when I had a desktop, like, I, this, like this is how long ago it was. I was doing <laughs> my desktop. Do you remember that old desktop I had? Oh my god, I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, I think I had for ten years that wouldn't die, and I was just it was like I went through wanting to get rid of it and like this and that, but then I've <laughs> not wanting to get rid of it because it was just like how has this managed to survive? It died so many times and. Uh, Oh God! Yeah, yeah. This kind of, yeah, this kind of been long before its final death. It did. It did have like fits and starts, didn't it? it? Was prone to making some noises, and then you'd kick it, and it just yeah, it just worry. kept chugging along. It was incredible. Yeah, no, it did it. But yeah, I remember sitting on the edge, edge of a bed, or on a chair, just over where I'm looking on the on my old desktop, talking to Roy Kaufman. Crazy. Oh yeah. Well, it was it was, well, it was a crazy start when we phoned him up because he gave us his mobile number. And we called him up, you know, at the agreed time. But he was running late because he was, you know, he's a busy guy. Still is. Yeah. And uh, I think that caused much flapping between us of like, oh, my God, we've got Lloyd Kaufman's mobile number. <laughs> 
I've still got it. It's still here. I've still got it, mate. If he hasn't changed his number. The moment he got off the phone. It was just like a burner phone. <laughs> he binned it as soon as he finished. But yeah, we phoned him up and he was in a taxi in New York making his way back home. And he was so nice from the beginning, wasn't he? You know, we, yeah, he was yeah, instantly yeah. chatty, despite him, you know, obviously having a shitload of work to do. Mm. And there's two guys from the UK on the phone, geeking out a little bit that they're chatting to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was really nice. We had a, you know, and again, the beauty of these interview shows that we've done is we talked so much, had so many great stories, like before what we put in the show and afterwards as well. You know, some of the people just stay on a lot longer, don't they? And, and talk yeah, about all yeah. sorts of stuff, which is really good. Some the stories we could tell. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, but weren't allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so he, he gets home. We, we call him. I think we gave him like 20 minutes or so, and then we called him again. And again, he is so nice. So funny, mate. I mean, he's, oh, he's he hilarious. absolute riot all the way through. And he's one of those guests. We We didn't really have to say much, did we? No, just let him go. Yeah, and bloody hell, off he off he went. <laughs> there is one bit though when, and you'll hear this, uh, listeners, when you get when you get to it, he's going on and he's talking about he's going about oh, and they needed some ADR for one of the films, and he couldn't bring to mind what ADR is. And you'll hear if you're wondering why me and Tom didn't chip in and just say you know additional dialogue recording, it's because I think we were both sat at either end of the country going. I don't want to correct Lloyd Kaufman. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm or, not. No, or, you know, presume to go, it's this. Just because I was hoping he was going to think of it, which he, he doesn't in the end. But yeah, that's the reason that we're quiet on that one. Absolutely damn. Yeah. And my favourite bit, though, is when you ask him, because we ask a lot of people this, and people hear it as we release these interview shows. To t- and because people doing interviews, mate, people must be asked the same questions again and again, mustn't they? Yeah, you know, and get fed up of it. So we thought, oh well, you know, we'll try and get something new out of them and ask them, what is there that you've not told people before? Yeah. <laughs> and then when you asked him this, and he starts off with a regular answer um, to do with his wife, and then he thinks of something else to do with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Only Lloyd Kaufman. Only Lloyd Kaufman. So yeah, everybody listening to this, you've got a bit of information about Lloyd Kaufman's penis to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, where else do you get information like that? A <laughs> uh, couple of things we should say. I mean, I know these are titled remastered, a little bit cheeky, I guess. Uh, as in remastered, what we mean is because of course these interview shows for the Eighties Picture House. So we thought we, what we've done is we've re-listened to them, give you a fresh introduction at the start. And that's about it, really. <laughs> we haven't tweaked the sound or done anything else. Well, uh, yeah, but it's not like like this is the only place you can hear them now, unless you've saved all the episodes. Well, so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are collectors' items, mate, aren't they? Audio <laughs> <laughs> <Scorpio> gold. <laughs> they are. We should sell them. We should have started a Patreon for them. That's what they oh, should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Just... Let's do a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. Um... That there's plenty more to come. I think what we're hoping to do, aren't we, mate, is every time we record the monthly Decade of Decadent show is to get an interview show out as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as you say, there's over 50, so... Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, there's plenty to go out, that's for yeah. sure. And we're not going to do them in any particular order. We're just like, I've, ch- I've suggested one to do next time, I'm going to yeah. do that. So they're not going to be like chronological order, they're just going to be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah, as and as when we like, aren't they? Um, yeah. One last thing to point out as well, that when the interview ends... Uh, 
it'll be the theme music and that'll be it. So, yeah. you know, how, how can we follow Lloyd Kaufman with anything that we mm. could say? <laughs> so, yeah, there we are. Let's, uh, shall we let everybody go back to February 2013 now then, mate? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, right. Enjoy Lloyd. Now, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties that I didn't notice until I came to edit. Uh, this meant that the first few minutes of the interview well, was not recorded properly. However, in the true spirit of Lloyd and Troma, this is not going to stop us getting the full product out to you in the end. So what we're going to do is we're going to join Lloyd as uh, he's halfway through answering the first question in which he was giving us a bit of background into, into the early days of Troma. And um, uh, uh, we uh, decided to try to give what we have to the uh, movie-going public, but we wanted to keep our um, identities. And uh, oh, that's great. Uh, I'll send this to Joyce. Uh, keep, sorry, uh, uh, keep our identities. And uh, we, we bought into the auteur theory of cinema, which, as you know, uh, is French, uh, which means it's very stupid. But we bought into it anyway and felt that we should be in total control of the movies we make and that the movies we make should reflect our retarded uh, souls and uh, personalities. And uh, for 40 years, we have brought you movies like Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, which played in three cinemas in the UK, at least, at least three cinemas, maybe even six. And uh, The Toxic Avenger, The Toxic Avenger, and Class of Newcomb High. And the first turn on, and um, I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to keep boring you with Tromeo and Juliet, and Terra Firmer, Troma's War, Death by Temptation. I could go on and on, but I don't want to bore you. When you when you formed Troma Entertainment, you're like snoring out there. I hear one of your listeners. They're already an outrage. That is a disgrace. Anyway, what were you going to say? Who's what? That was Tom. Um, when you um, <laughs> <laughs> when you um, founded uh, Time with Michael Hertz back in 1974, did you have any idea that it would still be going all these years later? No. In fact, uh, we assumed we would be out of business very swiftly, and uh, we had to incorporate very quickly. And uh, Michael Hertz, um, being the lawyer, uh, uh, decided he would try to. We had to incorporate and get an approved name. Uh, from the New York State uh, Secretary of State. And um, Michael tried to think of the most uh, horrible-sounding name, figuring nobody else would want it, and uh, and that we would probably be out, out of business very soon. Uh, so it didn't matter what the name was. And lo and behold, 40 years later, um, I've got the amazing Tom and Dave interviewing me. Uh, not just a great, uh, not just a great uh, 40 years, but... I've reached the peak. <laughs> the zenith, the zenith of my career. Have you got anything special planned for the the 40th anniversary next year? Well, uh, we were thinking about um, possibly uh, the Queen might. Uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but <laughs> the Queen and the sword on the shoulder. Uh, does that mean you know? Uh, don't yeah. want to. You know, uh, my, uh, just you know, maybe uh, the, uh, Sir Lloyd. It sounds pretty good. Uh, I, I'm sure that something will happen in that direction. I, exactly. They've already got, as my wife points out, they already have Lloyds of London. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I got a good laugh, Pat. My <laughs> wife, by the way, is the New York State Film Commissioner, which uh, is a very important, a very important. She said that'll get a good laugh too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a very important position here because it uh, brings a great amount of uh, numbers of jobs to uh, New York City, which, as you know, is been uh, <clears throat> struck down by the good Lord with snowstorms and and super hurricanes and and it needs help. Yeah, you've had everything lately, I think, over there. Yes, everything. Uh, well, it's a it's a city of sin, as you know, and, and uh, God is or Allah or Buddha. Somebody's punishing New York for all that. All those trauma movies that have been made for 40 years. No more Toxic Avengers. God is displeased. No more Tromeo and Juliet. Tromeo and Juliet it was actually quite successful in the United Kingdom. Uh, and um, uh, what's his name? Kenneth Branagh uh, was very kind uh, regarding Tromeo and Juliet at the Cannes Film Festival when Tromeo and Juliet was pre presented, which I think was around 2001. 19, yes. Well, I know it was actually before that, around 1997. Yeah. And uh, and it, it, uh, it's in iambic pentameter, and uh, it was inspired by uh, the Bard. I think the only the only trouble with the movies over here is our censorship. And once the BBFC get hold of them. Well, actually, what's the difficult part is not the censorship because your your censor is less corrupt than our Motion Picture <laughs> uh, Association of America. Um, what is difficult in your country as well as my country is that the media, as well as the world of art, is controlled by a very small number of uh, of uh, elite uh, conglomerates or people like Rupert Murdoch or uh, Mr. Saichi, uh, uh, S A I T, S A you know Saichi, the guy who put who has all that stuff in the uh, Tate Modern. How do you say that word? Saichi, 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 yeah. You know, there's a handful of uh, very wealthy, powerful people who control the art and uh, commerce of our industry. And uh, so that is the problem. We are not, we are economically blacklisted. Uh, as, uh, as, uh, it's not a matter of censorship with us. It's a matter of uh, the little uh, independent distributors that used to bring you movies like Class of Newcomb High or... Uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, they are gone, and all you have left are the uh, giant conglomerates or the um, the vassals of said giant conglomerates. <laughs> so it becomes a, a real difficulty getting to the public. And uh, so that is really the issue, and that is true uh, the world over. The uh, big international purveyors of baby food entertainment control pretty much all that we see and hear and uh, smell and listen to uh, and uh, watch. And uh, that is why if you want to be a successful independent movie maker and make money, you have to make independent movies that have no political or sociological content uh, of any uh, change the world meaning. Uh, you can have political and sociological content that would be appropriate 50 years ago, so that you take no risk. But otherwise, you're dead. You're shoved down into the underground like a trauma. And uh, you exist because you have fans or that the public uh, makes an effort, as, you're, as you, Dave and Sam, have, uh, Dave and uh, Tom, have done. You make an uh, effort to find trauma and to uh, pay attention. But 
Otherwise, uh, that is the issue. It isn't really the censorship. Yeah, I, th I think Troma's fans are very loyal as well, aren't they? Over the years, you know, once once you've discovered Troma movies, that, that that's well, it. we've uh, we've been uh, kept alive uh, really by word of mouth by our fans. We've uh, been able to uh, meet the, meet our payroll and uh, keep making movies and uh, and be totally unknown at the same time. And it's all thanks to our fans uh, who have uh, passed the word and who have supported us. In fact, right now. Our fans around the world are supporting Occupy Can, which is a documentary we we uh, uh, are going to make at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, and in fact, we have received enough money. We still have to get more, but we have enough to at least start the project. And uh, we hope that we'll achieve our goal on Indiegogo. But Occupy Can will be a very interesting and shit-disturbing uh, or shite-disturbing uh, documentary that will follow our excellent uh, All the Love You Can documentary made back in 2001. This uh, Occupy Can will be uh, uh, an examination of... Um, it'll be sort of a colonoscopy of the Cannes Film Festival <laughs> because we will be there on the inside. We will be there as purveyors of our latest film, Return to Newcomb High, and um, we will be able to observe the Cannes Film Festival as if we were uh, doing a colonos colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> so we need help. We need our British fans to chip in a few pounds. Uh, we need about uh, $50,000, which I think is in, in, in British pounds, probably 12 pounds. Uh, based on the value of the dollar these days, so uh, but we do need help. If our if if you know we had ten thousand fans each giving five, two pounds, that would be great. So anybody who can give us uh, some money to help us get to can, and we want to also uh, organize a, a crowd of five hundred people, uh, which I think we can do because of the magic of the internet and my Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I think we can get 500 people and put on some really interesting uh, street theater and uh, protest uh, movement uh, the way it was in 1968 when when there was a serious student rebellion against the uh, the um, uh, how do you call it the dominance of the, um, the big thumb of uh, authority. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll put up all the details for that on our website when we post a podcast. So, uh, oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you. So, uh, it's Indiegogo uh, slash Occupy Can or something like that. Anyway, if you go to Indiegogo and type in Occupy Can, it's very easy to uh, find the trauma and uh, Occupy Can, and uh, we really would appreciate any help uh, we can get. I think we have about two weeks left uh, to get to our fifty thousand dollar budget. By the way, all the love you can is available for free if you want to see what the first documentary was like. Uh, All the Love You Can, C-A-N-N-E-S, is on our YouTube movie channel, and it's free. It costs nothing. And we have about 250 other movies that are available to our fans for free, including uh, Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead, and uh, Troma's War, and Tromeo and Juliet, and all the, all the classics. <laughs> I've already watched a few on there. It's a uh, okay. good thing you're doing that, picking them all up. So, uh, um, just um, on the subject of Poultrygeist, um, recently watched the documentaries on that Blu-ray and the DVD of Citizen Toxie. Um, they are just stunning, like fly on the wall documentaries about filmmaking. They really are. Um, 
But it made me wonder, what is the best and worst experience you've had directing a film? Well, uh, there's never been a best experience because uh, it's horrible making a trauma movie, and I think that becomes quite apparent in the documentaries. It's awful. But um, the, uh, that's why the making of... Uh, that's why the Occupy Can documentary is going to be really interesting because it will be an unvarnished truth. It will be truth 24 frames a second, uh, as uh, Jean-Luc Godard used to say. Uh, as far as uh, the worst uh, uh, experience, probably on the Toxic Avenger because we had a uh, stunt that went wrong. Uh, we hired a very, uh, a very well-respected team of uh, stunt people and uh, car crash people. We did not try to save any money there. We hired people with Hollywood credits. And the guy who put in the roll bar for the car, this car was supposed to do a flip. The guy who put in the roll bar for the car uh, didn't uh, anchor it to the body of the car. Instead, he just screwed it into the floor of the car. So when the car tipped over, when the car went and landed on its ceiling, when it landed on its roof, the roll bar punched through the floor of the car like uh, wet like a straw through a wet bag when you carry coffee. And um, the car folded like an accordion. Of course, there was a driver inside uh, who was not too, not too pleased with the result. Um, but luckily, uh, he didn't get hurt. But uh, when on the, well, I was on one of the cameras, and seeing it and seeing the car crumple like an accordion <clears throat> due, to the, due to the criminal negligence of Hollywood stuntmen uh, and so-called experts. Uh, that was a horrifying experience. Luckily, the car crumpled on the passenger side and the driver's side because that's where it hit. So the driver wasn't, uh, he was shaken up but not uh, injured in any way. But we, for all we knew, he was going to be dead. You know, as we saw it happen, we, and as we approached the car, you know, we we. You know, at first there was like silence, and we figured that uh, we'd be selling uh, shoes uh, or maybe hats and uh, several row. But um, uh, it, then we heard some little grunts and groans, and he was the driver was fine. But <clears throat> anytime anyone asked me about the, uh, and, and it hasn't happened often, but occasionally somebody, I, I, I once somebody asked me about the the guy who was hired to prepare the car for the flip. And uh, indeed, I spoke the truth when I was asked to give a reference. But usually, if somebody asks me for a reference for someone who's worked for us, either I'll give a great reference or, or I will just ignore it. I'll never, never will I badmouth anyone who's worked for us, unless it's a matter of safety, in which case I will tell the truth. Mm -hmm. um, my next question. Uh, last year, um, I don't know if you ever come to Arrow Film in the UK, um, they put out um, Class of Newcomb High on Blu-ray and uh, Surf Nazis Must Die in Combat Shock on DVD. And they did some just really beautiful releases with reversible sleeves and booklets and just packed full of extras, what these films deserve. Um, I was just wondering if you knew if they were going to, if you, if there are any plans to work again with Arrow in the near future? Um, of course. Arrow is a wonderful company. Um, would be nice uh, to um, see if they're, I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, somebody 
I don't know if it's Arrow uh, or somebody, uh, I think, acquired the rights to Father's Day, uh, our more recent production. Uh, but I'm not sure who it was. Uh, I, again, I don't handle the, the sales. Uh, but I have had the pleasure of watching Arrow releases of Poultry Guy's Night of the Chicken Dead. It is magnificent. It is absolutely uh, clucking good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a foul movement. It is... Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely uh, uh, amazing. It's, it's really beautiful. It's really good. It has very good word of peak too. <laughs> you've uh, we caught you, didn't we? You've just been, you've been working on a movie today. Is there is there anything you can tell us about that? Or is, is well, that... Uh, yes. Uh, I think it's our best movie ever, and it's going to be an event film. Return to Newcom High. Uh-huh. It's a revisiting of Class of Newcom High, an American company called Stars S T A R Z which is a which is actually uh, a uh, div- was actually it was a division of uh, one of the devil worshiping international media conglomerates but it has been spun off onto its own since they made the deal with us probably because the devil worshiping international media conglomerate was pissed <laughs> off that Stars was uh, doing a business with Troma but in any event, they decided they wanted us to make uh, kind of a revisiting of Return to Newcomb High, which we have done. It's in two volumes, like Kill Bill. So there's Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1, which we're currently uh, doing the sound design. Uh, we have Silver Sound, a uh, very prominent uh, uh, sound house, doing the uh, sound work on the, the sound design. We just uh, came from a session of uh, ADR, uh, which is uh, uh, post-syncing, uh, doing uh, the, some of the dialogue and off-screen lines. Uh, I don't know what ADR sounds uh, stands for. I can never remember what it stands for, ADR. But it's uh, something to do with the... Uh, if, uh, if you can't understand a line that was photographed on location, you... Uh, you dub it in a studio. It's very expensive, but I, I can't. I never can remember what it. What it's some ADR. I don't know what it stands for, but some kind of recording. Anyway, we've been doing that, uh, and the off-screen lines and uh, various little anything related to dialogue that needs to be touched up. And then next week we start the real sound design and color correction and. Uh, and then uh, in about two weeks, we'll have the final uh, film, and uh, we'll lose more money. I mean, we'll uh, <laughs> send it to you guys. <laughs> so how, how, um, long it, how long has it taken to get to, to this point, uh, filming? Uh, that's a very good question. Uh, it's gone pretty fast for us, actually. We started writing this script two years ago. So we will have, uh, and we've pretty much finished, we have a little bit of filming to do on volume two, but I would guess by the summer, I would guess it's a three-year, about a three-year journey to, from inception to um, the uh, final solution. Wow, that's quite a while. The word. Well, it's uh, not actually for us, for me, when I direct a film, it takes me a long time, but uh, Father's Day, which we produced this year, uh, or last year, I guess, uh, last year, um, we had competent directors, and they uh, they only took, I think they took less than a year to do it, from the inception to the final solution. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on the subject of Father's Day, um, probably, well, I don't know if it was for sure, but the last time you were in the UK was at the Prince Charles Cinema for a Troma Marathon. That was at Toxie and Class of Newcombe High. Are there any plans right. to there come? There was a come? big uh, mix-up there because uh, the people misunderstood and they thought it was uh, going to be Farter's Day. And uh, we had, that's why the, the, the theatre was packed. We had a overflowing, we had to turn people away. Uh, they didn't know it was a Troma movie. <laughs> but it was too late because we had captured a. Uh, uh, we we really had to turn people away from both class of Newcomb High and Father's Day. But uh, it was not Farter's Day. But people stayed anyway and <laughs> enjoyed uh, Father's Day. Is there is there any chance of you coming back with Return to Newcomb High? Because I'd I'd love to go. Whether it's that just that or a marathon or any form. Well, of I'm hoping I'm hoping this summer I've got. Um, it looks like there's going to be a big retrospective in Stockholm of some of uh, my uh, or Troma's movies that I have had the privilege to direct. And if that's true, then um, I should be able to swing by Paris and uh, London, uh, and uh, we'll have another event uh, during the summer. I'm, uh, I, I can't afford to come there on my own. We are destitute. Uh, we're going to go to Cannes. But uh, that will, uh, we will, we'll, you know, the fans are helping us go, and that will clean us out as far as any uh, ability to go anywhere. Mm. Nice. So we need the fans to help us with Indiegogo, and hopefully this retrospective in Stockholm uh, will uh, then that'll get me to Europe, and then I can go from there to Paris and London because Prince Charles doesn't have the funds to uh, bring me there. All right. Okay. Uh, you do, you've done lots of things in your career. You do you writing, directing, producing, acting. Is is there any particular one that you enjoy more than the other? Uh, well, um, they're all uh, extremely stressful, but they're all uh, educational. And um, I've been act. I've acted in a couple of British films uh, not too long ago. Uh, three or four of them. Uh, uh, I think you have to look on my IMDb because I can't. There's one uh, about spiders, a musical that uh, looked really interesting. Uh, something to do with spiders, and uh, it was terrific. Uh, um, I just can't remember the name of it. It had the word spider in the title. And um, uh, two or three other ones that looked really, really good. Uh, and 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 I do that so that uh, we can try to help uh, independent filmmakers. Uh, if I'm in a movie, the fans will support. Uh, will support. You know, our fans, as you know, are very uh, aggressive and hardworking, and they pretty much anything I'm in, our fans will will buy, and uh, or anything to do with trauma, our fans will uh, will support. Um, um, all six of our fans, and uh, they. <laughs> so if, if I'm in a film, it'll help the independent filmmaker. And what's more important is that at least with the American uh, filmmakers. If if they can get if they get me then they can go to uh, the guy uh, um, they can go to Kane Hodder and say hey Lloyd Kaufman's uh, in the movie and and you know it gives them some gravitas gives them some credibility uh, because there's you know a, a, a real actor doesn't want to uh, take a chance on some unknown uh, but if I'm in the film then they realize well if if Lloyd is in it uh, there must be some reason to mm -hmm. be in the film. Yeah, you know, and the filmmaker probably is okay. So it helps the filmmaker. 
Oh, you go really to good. my. You have IMDb uh, in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, they. Um, uh, you'll see. I've been in about two hundred films, and uh, and it's also educational because I'm a, uh, as my name implies, uh, uh, I'm a celluloid uh, person, <laughs> and um, I don't know much about the uh, fast world of digital uh, cinema. So uh, when I'm in these movies, I was in one last uh, week. Um, called uh, what the hell was it called? Uh, 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 ap- ap- apocalypse Kiss, and uh, I played the president of the United States. It, oh, and wow. it was fascinating. I filmed behind the scenes, uh, and it, because it was really interesting how these guys have—they're uh, making a feature-length film for. I, uh, Return to Newcom High was about eight hundred thousand U.S. dollars for both both uh, volumes, which is very little. That's about 1% of a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Or, or, but, but these guys are made a movie, they're making a movie for $46,000, uh, which oh. is 10% of our movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and also, uh, I filmed behind the scenes their set. They built a rocket ship, uh, a, a rocket ship, a rocket ship, uh, uh, um, and, uh, as opposed to fish and rocket ships. They built a rocket ship, uh, and um, it, for like a hundred and fifty dollars, and it was terrific. The set was uh, amazing, with a green screen inserted into it, and uh, using pieces of crap you find around a junkyard, and the thing looks like a, the interior of a rocket ship. <laughs> and, uh, at any rate, uh, I've, I've been able to film behind the scenes of many of these movies I've acted in. Um, recently, I was in James Gunn's movie um, Super. Uh, which is a big-time movie with Ellen Page and Rain Wilson and Kevin Bacon and a bunch of other stars. Uh, and I filmed behind the scenes, and it was interesting to see that movie being made. And Mother's Day uh, remake, uh, the remake of Mother's Day, which was a 20 or $30 million movie by Brett Ratner's company, uh, filmed behind the scenes there. And, and I make little lessons out of these things. Uh, a, I learn about the world of digital filmmaking, but B, uh, I make uh, lessons and edit them. We edit them, and um, and they're up online. I put them up online. Uh, Troma has, in addition to a free movie channel on YouTube, Troma has a free uh, uh, educational channel called Your Own Channel, which puts up uh, lessons about filmmaking, how to make movies, sort of lessons, secrets that uh, Troma and I have learned over the uh, 40 years how to make blood, uh, how to make vomit, uh, uh, interview with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, interview with um, Eli Roth, interview with Stan Lee, interview with uh, George Romero, uh, how to um, make your own uh, dolly, how to make your own, uh, how to be make a movie without any crew, stuff like that. And uh, it's all up on, uh, I put up a lesson every week on uh, your own channel and it's all free. That's, That's really why well, the fans need to help us out with our Indiegogo uh, project, Occupy Can, because we can't give away our movies for free. We can't put on Troma Dance Film Festival for free. We can't make movies for our fans that, that don't make any money back. Uh, we need our fans to help us. Otherwise, exactly. we can't keep doing it. Yeah. Otherwise, we have to make... Uh, we'll have to make uh, uh, Josie and the Pussy Pussycats. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't a bad movie. I take it back. <laughs> we'll, have make, we'll have to make Transformers Part 8. Oh, no. 
So I guess the advent of the internet and like the digital age has, has had some positives as well as some negatives for trauma then? I would say trauma would not be here were it not for the, uh, the ether, the internet. Uh, we are here because our fans can talk to us and guide us and we can talk to them and let them know that I'm going to be in Kansas City on February 25th and Seattle on February 26th, 20, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And um, uh, it's, a, it's a very valuable democratic medium, and it's the only and last democratic medium. Mm-hmm. And um, it is the major reason why Troma has been able to continue our work and not have to uh, fold up our tent, because the, the rest of the industry, the rest of the media, is all owned by Rupert Murdoch and the other experts at phone hacking. <laughs> The Internet is a level playing field. And if you have something good or something that people want to see, you can uh, prosper. Not prosper, but you can get people's attention. And uh, the, the, um, the, the trauma movies uh, get good word of mouth, and the Internet is how the fans are able to communicate with each other and say, hey, uh, Arrow has a really good uh, Blu-ray of Poultry Geist, The Night of the Chicken Dead out there, or uh, Combat Shock, uh, and uh, that's how they people know we're around. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But the bad guys are down in Washington, D.C., and I'm sure they're doing it in your... Although your, your country is a lot better. The British, uh, uh, ver- the British uh, government versus the Internet is much more, uh, I think, up-to-date the American government still uh, believes that uh, net neutrality on the Internet is uh, a problem and that uh, they, they're buying uh, the Hollywood uh, conglomerates. They're buying Rupert Murdoch and the, uh, and, uh, well, they're not, the international conglomerates' argument that uh, net neutrality leads to uh, copyright infringement and uh, pornography, uh, which is the same argument the establishment used against... Uh, uh, the VHS cassette when it came out. Mm-hmm, yeah. They will try, The establishment will try to to destroy any innovation and take it over. They don't innovate. They never innovate, but they will try to destroy or fuck up, excuse my language, uh, uh, Internet. They will try to uh, destroy, uh, screw up. They will try to throw a monkey wrench into the works of any innovation so that they can then uh, take it over. And that's why they're screaming about copyright. The copyright laws of the uh, United States and Europe are outdated, and uh, they should not be. Uh, they should be totally overhauled, so that uh, there can be file sharing. There should be file sharing. And my book, uh, "Sell Your Own Damn Movie," which is available in uh, in the UK, "Sell Your Own Damn Movie," uh, you can get it in uh, whatever stores are there. And not. And I know that. Uh, Forbidden Planet has it, but I believe that your bookstores, if there are any left, can will have to sell your own damn movie. And in that book, I explain very beautifully that file sharing is a great uh, help to any artist who does not wish to work for Rupert Murdoch. And I don't mean to single out Rupert Murdoch. Sony is not a person, and uh, Viacom is not a person because Sumner Redstone is chairman of the board of Viacom, and I don't think he is a person. <laughs> um, and um, the other giant conglomerates are, are not really people. 
so I, I keep talking about Murdoch. And also, he's kind of British-ish, even though he's Australian. He's, <laughs> he's, made his, he's left a giant footprint in your fine country. <laughs> but that's the issue. Uh, they, uh, the, um, the copyright laws should be uh, totally revamped so that uh, you can have file sharing, because file sharing is great for the independent artist and the consumer mm-hmm. alike. Oh, that's good. This, um, yeah, I think so. The, the good thing about yourself and, and like Troma in general as well is because you'll you'll take the time to interact with your fans as well, which not many of the other studios do whatsoever. Well, the fans have guided us. The fans were the ones who told us to set up a website long ago. We were the first American movie studio to have a website. And um, uh, I was online with the fans back in when there was something called CompuServe, which was before AOL, before, it was a long time ago. Uh, and um, uh, the fans guided me. The fans have told us to, uh, to go into DVD. Uh, I had been an expert on VD, uh, and it was not the big <laughs> job to ch- change the station, you know, change our letterhead and just add the D in front of it. Um, the fans were the ones who told us to go into uh, the... Um, the you know, uh, file sharing, and and uh, they they told you know they kind of guide us. Uh, they also helped us uh, with the return to Newcomb High. They uh, the uh, fans told me uh, things they wanted to see or not see, uh, and not only that, but the fans uh, are responsible. Most of the crew of uh, most of the cast and crew of Return to Newcomb High are in fact fans. Wow. You know, because the Internet was allowed us to reach out to fans and saying, if you would like to be in a trauma movie, uh, if you would like to sleep on the floor and uh, learn how to defecate in a paper bag, uh, <laughs> come and be in uh, Return to Newcomb High, and uh, we will uh, show you the way. And um, the fans were really, uh, I, most, you know, it, it was very, when you see the uh, event film, the volume one and volume two of Return to Newcomb High, you'll be pretty impressed. Uh, it's a very uh, um, ambitious-looking film. It looks like it. If that, if Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and Volume 2 were made in, in the mainstream, it would have to cost $30 million, $50 million. There are thousands of people in it, and it's only thanks to the fans uh, supporting it, not with money, but with their work, with yeah. their appearance, and with their... Literally, we about 80 of us lived in a funeral home in an abandoned funeral home in uh, Niagara Falls, New York, for about two months, uh, sleeping on the floor uh, and um, just devoting our lives to making, to shooting this movie. And uh, in pre-production, the the writing has been very much fan-propelled, uh, and uh, as has the uh, post-production. So the fans are very, very much involved in the movie. And not just the fans, may I, uh, may I uh, say, and not just the fans, but the air conditioners too are very important. <laughs> um, when was when was the decision made to make Return to Newcomb High two volumes? Because when I first heard about it, I'm sure it was just one. When when did that happen? And why? Uh, well, it was. Uh, we wanted it to be an event film from the start, um, and um, so it was pretty much. I guess we just didn't talk about it in case we didn't go that way, but. Uh, there are so many. The nice thing about the digital revolution is that you don't need money anymore to to make a movie. You, you can make a movie. Troma releases 
We, uh, my partner and I, uh, Michael Hers and I, executive produced it, which means we gave some money to a film called Mr. Bricks, uh, a heavy metal murder musical. It's a wonderful film, uh, directed by uh, Travis Campbell, who's our in-house uh, editor. And that movie um, cost the whole budget of that movie. It's a feature-length movie. was under $5 million. So um, you, can make, uh, you can make your own damn movie for nothing. So uh, with the return to Newcomb High, obviously we couldn't do that. But um, we decided that it had to be, because of being able, there's so many movies out there, thousands now, thousands. How do we make our movie um, pop out of the pack? Uh, Poultry Geist is my best movie, right? Nobody's heard of it. It's, uh, it. It lost every penny. Not every penny, but I would say it's lost 95% of its money, uh, most of which was my wife's retirement fund. Uh, I told her she was investing in Transformers Part 6, so keep that under your hat. <laughs> she hasn't been told yet that her retirement, that she will be living in a, uh, in a refrigerator carton for the rest of her life. Um, but um, we, we, so we, we were thinking, well, let's try to figure out how do we make Return to Newcomb High pop out of the pack? How do we make it, give it some more attention? And we thought, well, Kill Bill got a lot of attention because it was an event film and mm-hmm. in, in two volumes. So uh, we did that with Return to Newcomb High. And, um, and it, it, uh, I think it's going to be really terrific. It's really it is an, uh, an epic. It's, it's, it, I think, I, I'm quite certain that it is uh, our best work, Troma's best work in 40 years. And um, I, I, I think you will agree. I think it's also probably our, in terms of content, probably the most controversial, just in terms of it being a wow. little ahead of it. Ooh. Well, most of our movies, from the point of view of... Uh, Themes and uh, sociological meaning are way ahead of their times. <laughs> when, so when this part two is tied up, then how far in advance have you? Have well, you we are, the films? Uh, we'll have the finished. We will take part a uh, volume. It's not part. It's volume one. Mm-hmm. You can watch them as a unit too. They, they they work very nicely as a unit as separate units. But volume one will be finished in time for the Cannes Film Festival. It will have its world premiere at Cannes. And um, and that's what the uh, and the documentary Occupy Can will be filmed. That's why I say the Occupy Can documentary will be like a colonoscopy of Can because you'll be seeing Can from the inside out rather than just people going up the red carpet, which is all you're going to get from the BBC and <laughs> the American uh, the American TV stations. You know, so um, the volume two uh, I don't think will be ready until the summer. Yeah, that would be I, my guess. We we still have a little filming on volume two, but we've started editing, and uh, it looks terrific. Have you got any plans for carrying on with some of the other franchises that you've done in the past? Mm, well, um, we've been trying for five years now. We're up to. Uh, it's been about five years. We've been writing toxic event. Well, not five years since. Uh, uh, it's getting on four years. Uh, Toxic Avenger Part Five: The Toxic Twins. We've been writing that for three. Or four, we're up to a fourth year on that. We haven't got a script that I feel will please you, Tom and Dave. And we're um, still trying to come up with what something we can really believe in. Otherwise, it's not worth making. You know, we, we don't. Again, we don't. 
if we made money with these movies, fine. But since we don't make any money, and our movies are totally ignored by the mainstream, except for you guys, uh, there's no purpose in making a movie uh, that's about a you know a shark and an octopus, unless it's something we really believe in. Yeah. Because I thought part four was brilliant. I think that's it, probably my favorite one of them. And I believe you're you're not too happy on parts two and three, are you? Well, uh, you know they're good films, but I compromised and uh, and uh, you know I, I I let my guard down for a while. But uh, they're still good. We have people. We've got fans who say part two is their favorite uh, mm. version. You know. So uh, the uh, Toxy in Japan, there the are people who love that one the best. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks Part 3 is the best, but I think it's pretty good. I think it's got a great message. It came out against the yuppies, and uh, you know we were way ahead of the uh, Occupy movement. Uh, basically, Part 3 is the last temptation of Toxy is an Occupy, uh, Occupy uh, London uh, kind of a movie. And uh, way ahead, you know, made it many years ago. Uh, I agree with you. Citizen Toxie is the best Toxic Avenger movie by far. Yeah. It's the most original, it's the most uh, courageous, and I think the most entertaining. Uh, certainly the most um, controversial. But uh, Part 5, that, uh, we just haven't been able quite yet to come up with the uh, with a really good script, and we're still... I'm going back to work on it now that I've finished the Return to Newcomb High scripts. Uh, movies, rather. Um, those move, those scripts wrote themselves. They were easy. You know, it was interesting. Though, for some reason, I was able to get something that you guys would like uh, pretty fast. But, um, I mean, it still took three years from start to finish. But with Toxie, I'm having a lot of trouble getting something that I feel would really be true to us. Yeah, with, I mean, Toxie's so well-loved with trauma fans. It's... Uh, had you any idea when you made the first one how how huge he would take off? Uh, yes, I always. Every time I make a movie, I believe it is a uh, a wonderful film, and that in a fair world, um, it would take off. But the um, <laughs> and in a fair world, poultry guys should have made uh, mm-hmm. huge amounts of yeah. money. Mm-hmm. People Definitely. love that film. Just nobody knows about it, and. Uh, so I'm not surprised. I, you know, uh, they're remaking uh, Newcomb High, Mother's Day, Toxic Avengers being remade for over a hundred million dollars. Uh, so, you know, they they they've signed and paid us, but they haven't made it yet. But um, the, um, the Mother's Day was remade for a lot of money, and um, and now they want to remake. Somebody wants to remake Poultry Guys. They just haven't offered us a decent uh, license fee, and there's no reason to let anyone remake it unless we get some money so we can keep making movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slot in a, a question from a listener now, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, hold on one second, please. Yeah. I've got about... Uh, 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 is it ten minutes enough? For ten minutes more? Is that okay? That, that would be brilliant, more? Lloyd. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah, oh, my pleasure. Sure. No, this is a great interview. Uh, this... this <laughs> This one is, is from my fiance as well, and she, and she asks, well, it's a two-part question. She said, you've had such a varied and long career in film. Have you ever been tempted to do one big Hollywood movie? And the second part of the question is, uh, she knows with your background about musicals, she would like to know what your favorite musical is. Uh, well, uh, they're both uh, very good questions. Um, um 
what was the first question? I uh, took a lot of acid in the 60s. So I... <laughs> have you, the first part was, have you ever been tempted to do one big Hollywood movie? Um, you know, I can't say that I have. Um, uh, I've never... The scripts that I get, were, you know, I've been offered scripts and uh, jobs to direct movies, but I've never gotten a good script from anybody, and I've never been offered any decent money. So, you know, I've been offered like $50,000 to direct uh, crappy movies. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would direct a movie for free if there were a really great script. Mm -hmm. But I have not been offered such. I've been offered really boring, not boring, but really derivative uh, exploitation movies, and they give me $50,000 for a month's work. But I don't want to do that because the fans then will... Uh, uh, will be very upset, and uh, also, you know, I, I, fifty thousand bucks is nothing. If someone offered me a big fee, I would do it in a minute, because uh, Troma has got no money and it would help us make another movie. As far as a giant hundred million dollar movie, I have no interest in that. Um, I think if I were offered a hundred million dollars, I would take a uh, million dollars and make a bigger Troma movie because. Uh, uh, maybe I could get a, a writer who is better than uh, I and the people I work with, and also I could perhaps get uh, slightly better acting. Although Return to Newcomb High is an amazing cast; They're, it's the best cast we've ever had, and uh, and uh, as good as any Hollywood cast. Um, as uh, on the so I I would a uh, hundred million dollar budget. I'd spend a million on on a film for me, and then I would uh, give. Uh, uh, the I would give um, ninety nine million dollars in in pieces of five hundred thousand dollars to uh, individual filmmakers around the world, probably to uh, mainly in Africa and the Middle East, um, and mainly to women uh, and people who are not white and not Jewish, um, and uh, I would do it that way. And I know that we would have what we would have. Um, 200, almost 200 very good, or almost 200 independent movies um, at 500,000 apiece, and um, maybe out of those 200 movies, we'd get two masterpieces, mm -hmm. if we were lucky. I think that would be better than making a $100 million movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's my solution. <laughs> That's uh, my uh, my uh, how shall I say it uh, uh, politically correct solution to the profligacy of our values in uh, publications uh, like uh, the Sun and the the BAFTA awards and the Oscars and that promote hundred million dollar movies and promote excess and red carpets and fifty thousand pound dresses that women are wearing and in some cases. Men are wearing. Uh, I, I believe that uh, art should not be a product of uh, glamour and money, but should come from the heart. And there is no reason to spend uh, a king's ransom on on, a, on such uh, profligacy. So you will end up buried under a parking lot like Richard the <laughs> Third. Is it true that, that Rupert Murdoch bought uh, Richard the Third? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it would not be the first government leader that he has bought, I believe. <laughs>
Yeah, any rate, uh, back to the second question of your fiance. Uh, why is she marrying you? I mean, uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> uh, the second question was about musicals. My favorite musical of all time is Pal Joey. Uh, it's very gay, and uh, it was uh, from the uh, the John O'Hara short story. Very depressing, dark short story. Wonderful musical, Pal Joey. Uh, there was a very bad movie made out of it with Frank Sinatra, but it is a wonderful, it's a great musical with words and lyrics, and I'm sorry, with lyrics and music by Lorenz Hart and uh, Richard Rogers. And uh, I would, if anybody can get to see Pal Joey, uh, you should see it. There was a recent revival in New York that where they rewrote it. They missed it. They didn't get it, and they fucked it all up. But um, it's a it's my favorite. <laughs> oh, thank okay. you. What's your, what's your wife's favorite? Does she have a favorite music? She, yeah, hers is West Side Story. Well, that is a great. She has a great taste, and uh, um, and uh, she's probably in the in the fullness of time. I guess West Side Story probably has a bigger influence on the the world of art than Pal Joey, but. Pal Joey, because it's so dark. Well, West Side Story was pretty dark. And it's a Romeo and Juliet, of course, inspired musical. So, uh, uh, has your wife seen Romeo and Juliet? Uh, she's No, she hasn't seen that one yet. She's seen most of the trauma ones, but... Well, check I'm, out I'm, Romeo I'm, and Juliet, because uh, you will see that uh, West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet are not that far apart. Uh-huh. I think that may be tonight's film now, then. Yes, <laughs> I think you'll have a good time with it. It's free, I think, on uh, YouTube. Right, well, that's definitely tonight's film. <laughs> yeah, go, I think most of our, including Poultry Guys, most of our best movies are free, including the behind-the-scenes. All the Love You Can, uh, Poultry in Motion, Apocalypse Soon, you know, the behind-the-scenes documentaries. Uh, it's all free on Troma's YouTube movie channel. There is also a YouTube channel for that Troma, uh, uh, every day we put up... Uh, some kind of short uh, subject or something. Uh, so we have, I think, three YouTube channels, all of which are free. One is for feature-length movies, one is for the less, the film school uh, called Your Own Channel, and one is uh, a just a daily uh, statement of some sort. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a film clip, sometimes I talk about uh, uh, an issue like gun control, uh, and I did one recently on the gun control issues. Uh, and sometimes it's just a, a goofy short piece that Trauma has made. <laughs> um, okay, we always like to finish um, our interviews by asking our guests to reveal something to the listeners that they probably have never heard before. So is there anything you can tell us about yourself that might surprise us? Uh, yes. Um, I have been uh, married to the same woman for 40 years, almost 40 years. Uh, if you've seen my movies, uh, that might surprise you. And she was a debutante, Southern Belle, and is now the New York State Film Commissioner, which means for 20 years that she's had this job for almost 20 years. She's, an, she's appointed by the governor of the state of New York, and um, she's a, a, a citizen of the mainstream and yet has been able to uh, have a career in spite of Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell, or uh, Teen Ape and the Nazi, uh, the Nazi Apocalypse, uh, in, in spite of 
terra firmer and terra firmer she's been able to maintain a career. And my partner, Michael Hers, has also been married to the same woman for over 40 years. Uh, not to my wife. He's been married to his own same woman uh, for, 40, <laughs> for more than 40 years. He's been married longer than I have. And uh, and we have been partners for 40 years. So that's a, uh, in the film industry, that is, uh, I don't think any film studio heads have been able to say that. Uh, so that might be kind of surprising. And uh, I have a, a penis that is, uh, when fully erect, is uh, more than two and a half inches. <laughs> I don't think I have a, I do not think I have revealed that fact to any, any, uh, not even Derek Malcolm knows that. Um, well, that was brilliant, and we, th we thank you so much for your time, Lloyd. And you got me at the height of my manic depressive curve. I'm now <laughs> going to be retreating into a closet and start weeping. <laughs> We will we will definitely put up the links to everything that um, oh, you've talked you. about onto our our website, and okay. of course, well, thanks again. Thanks so much for being interested in trauma and and independent art because we are to some extent the last the last person standing, although we're not we're the last mutant standing. So. Well, long may you continue so as much. well. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank, thanks very much, Lloyd. Yes, we should. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Evil